0: what's going on welcome to totally blitz podcast we're about to break down ufc jacksonville which should be a banger this weekend and as always before we jump into it you go down and comment your picks your bets and as well like and subscribe to the channel it matters a lot these are your hosts to break it down i'm paul pick a win of contra i got a beer i got some weed i'm ready to go boy
1: hey man if you didn't know, I don't mind telling your thirsty ass again. This is the of wow, supporting this, this motherfucker. I got the Princess Bella on my motherfucking lap right now because she loves to do that when we recording and shit. But hey man, we talking UFC Jacksonville. This shit UFC Jacksonville is like what an hour and a half, an hour, an hour and a half away from me. But like we saving up for another card, if you know what I mean. But Paul, oh, this is about to be a good one. My dog Illy to motherfucking Cordia is in this bitch. They're, was the last? what's his last fight his fight against um Bryce
0: Mitchell? <clears throat> yep. and the fight before that, uh, Jai Herbert over there in UFC London.
1: That's how you know people have been up.
0: Like, they can't
1: even find him a fight for real.
0: And then Josh Emmett, he's coming off the interim title fight against uh, who did he lose to? Yair Rodriguez. Yes, Yair. He's gonna fight Volkanovski soon enough. But like, even outside of them, I'm. I kind of want to call it like. Not step-up fights, but like this is definitely a step-up fight for Taporia. Then you got Phil Rowe, prospect, who's gonna fight Neil Magny, who's definitely gonna be a step-up fight for him. And just great young talent. You got the Kaiser Tayara versus Klatson Rodriguez, two young prospects, and then David Onama, who was the hottest prospect last year. Is now a plus 200 underdog to Brazil's prospect. Gabriel Santos is coming in on a short notice. And then even the women holding down the co main event spot with Macy Barber and Amanda Rivas, like in both in their prime. And both like are all like right out that cusp of title contention. Like they always fight the number one and two people, they lose, but they always beat the rest. So, like, it's, I mean, I can't ask for a better card. Coming off a really great card last week, I mean, they're definitely carrying the momentum going into summer.
1: No, I can't wait. This is a good. This is Loki, a good card. I'm not, I don't know, man. We haven't said we had a good card last weekend. I don't know, man. We might be in the season of good cards, man. And then we got motherfucking UFC International Fight Week, UFC X, UFC 290, mother whatever you want to call it. Um, Yair and both and then motherfucking Brandon Moreno and Pantoza. I'm just Bone Nickel and Trayshawn. I'm just saying,
0: like this is looking and like. Then, this and then the card after card. that, the card after that is even better. Home Holly Holm versus Silva? Oh,
1: that shit's gonna go
0: crazy. Nah, I'm joking, bro. Holly Holm should not be main eventing cards at 40 years old. We care, we talked about this the last time she fucked. <laughs> I, I
1: thought we liked Holly Holm in the last fight. She fucked bro up.
0: I no, mean, we do, but it's just it's it's, man, on, it's on uh, we didn't like when the man of new year's got main event slot. All right. <laughs> like yeah, <that's laughs> Holly Holm thinks she do it. That's true, that's true,
1: that's true. Things do be hot when the man of new years.
0: Uh, but no, yeah, I man! Do,
1: so, oh, bad, what, what, fight, what fight do you want to start talking about first, man?
0: Well, what's usually always the first fight when he fights, which is, it's not this time now. It's the second fight on the card. But Tasuyu Tayara, the hottest prospect out of Japan, like not like other prospects that don't fight maybe once every year or so. Like he, he's very active. This be his third or fourth, I think, fourth fight in the UFC already within a, a two years or a year and a half. Going up against Brazil's prospect Clotson Rodriguez, who you might not know too much about him, but he's coming off the Contender Series where, like, after like, he passed with flying colors, got a knockout on the Contender Series, and then after, uh, after that, he lost a very controversial split decision to Vargas, where every uh, Vergara, where everyone thought he won. So, like, I kind of don't hold that against him. I think he won that fight. And then he goes over to Australia, and enemy territory, and knocks out their Australian fighter in the first round on his last fight. So then, like this, like he's the legit. Like Oliveira co-signs him, the Lima brothers, McGarrett, like everyone co-signs him at Shoot Boxing over there. He has pictures with Oliveira. They seem like really good buddies. He's 27 years old. Tiara is 23 years old. Like this is two prospects that both could honestly be top 15. Like it's flyweight, like. Is not the deepest division. It's very top heavy. And like both of these guys, I could definitely see in the top 15 and whoever wins this fight, I could definitely see fighting for a title. Uh, I could see both of them really honestly fight for a title like Tayara, great wrestler. He's been known to, like that's not normal for Japanese fighters. Like he's coming in with great wrestling submits you from the top and he just dominates you. He almost got caught in the guillotine in his last fight for like a couple minutes, fought through it, still ended up with a first round of submission after trying to, defend a guillotine for like two minutes still end up submitting him in the first round and oh, then wow. rodriguez like he's just that flashy like he's that flashy ko guy he has heavy hands he real rock you he's brazilian so you know he has that bjj in his back pocket he trains with Oliveira, like so it's gonna be kind of interesting on who like there are some holes in some of these guys but what they do good it's five-star rating when they do it. Like, they're really high end. So, kind of, honestly, I could see Tayara not be able to take down Rodriguez in this fight. Rodriguez trains with Oliveira, has, knows how to fight off his back in BJJ. Like, if Tyara gets a little too comfortable in top position, maybe he gets caught in something off of Rodriguez's back. Rodriguez oh. also got heavy hands. What if he rocks Tayara early? Like and then is not fighting the same no more. But at the same time, Tyara's been dominant in all his fights. So it's a, it a fun ass fight. Like this kick off the fucking prelims. Like it's this is high level.
1: This is the second fight,
0: right? hmm Yep.
1: I think that's interesting. I've never seen um I don't think I've seen any Japanese um fighters that wrestle like that crazy. So I, I was thinking I was gonna have to start watching Pride or something if I wanted to see that. So, I'm definitely going to have to tap in for this one. But, damn, I like Ty. I think he's fine. The way way you broke him down is nice. But, you know, I'm a real shoot box guy. You feel me? I'm a real shoot. I'm not CKB for life, but on my back it says real shoot box guy. Like, you feel me? You feel me? Like, I got to go with my dog um, Rodriguez.
0: See, I really want Tyara to win because he's one of my favorite prospects at flyweight. But when I found out about Klotz and Rodriguez, it's, it's kind of hard to – like, he kind of has, like, that Oliveira in him, like, just that dog in him. And it's hard to root against him. But I'm not going to get off the Tiara train. I was kind of heavy on him. I, br- I brought him up on a few of our cards that, that he fought on before. So I'm not going to hop off the train now. But I do think this is going to be – like, the odds show minus 260 plus 210. I would bet the plus two ten Rodriguez just because I think it's a lot closer fight than a two to one favorite. So I'm still gonna rock Tyara, but this might be a robbery for some people who, who really believe in Rodriguez this fight.
1: Nah, I'll, we'll see, man. This is gonna be a good fight. See now I'm mad because there's a fucking million fights on this prelim and you got me tapped in on the set. I was gonna put it in, in the background and cook something, get ready for the day. And also this is in the this card is in the middle of the day. The main card starts at three PM like Oh,
0: like, well, fuck. Yeah, no, it's definitely an early card. But, I mean, the next fight, also prelim, and it's two women. And, you know, I'm not bringing up women prelim fights unless it's something to actually tune into. And it's <laughs> Tab- it's Tabaka Ritchie versus Gillian Robertson. And, like, Gillian Robertson, last time she fought, she almost broke homegirl's arm. And then went to the hotel room and posted on Instagram of her and her joint lighting that bitch up. And I was like, I kind of, she got the red hair. She kind of fly with it. Like super high level submission game holds the UFC women's record for submissions. Almost has the record for overall submissions as well, just in general. But like nine submissions in the UFC, like she's legit one of the best off your back fighters there is. But that Tabitha Richie, Brazilian, one of the best Brazilian BJJ fighters there is, too. Like So they both have a dominant ground game, and they both kind of struggle on a stand-up. Robinson kind of has gotten better over time because she's been in the UFC for so long. She's kind of gotten better with her striking. And R- Ricky kind of reminds me more of a Jessica Andra, where it's more of like a wild dog mentality when she's fighting. Like, if it hits the ground, they're both very high level, but, like, stand-up is both kind of their weak spot. So, this fight could be 15 minutes of no one really doing anything because they both respect each other. Or it could be a 15-minute dog fight between two people that might not want to hit the ground with one another. So, I don't know how it was going to go. The odds have it literally as a minus 130 Ricky plus 110 Robinson goes either way. I'm rocking with my, my girl with the red hair that was sparking up a joint in her last fight after winning and snapping homegirl's arm.
1: Some random shit before I get into this fight. I was actually watching some Ronda Rousey shit the other day, and it hit me. And then when I, when I was looking into it, it was like, yo, bro, she got all her submissions by armbar within the first minute of not to the second minute. That judo like, was
0: dominating.
1: I was just sitting there like, I understand. I understand. She was nice like that. She was really the truth. But nobody, nobody thought like, yo, bro, I just kidding. I just you knew what she was coming for and what time she was gonna do that. Nobody thought like, hey, that's I'm not giving this arm up for nothing. I'd rather you have to cut this arm off. You have to pry this arm off my dead body if you want to arm bar. Nobody nobody said that. Nobody's coach said, yo, she's going for the arm bar. Like you
0: probably So, so what really killed Ronda Rousey was Joe Rogans of the world, all the Dana Whites, like they were in her corner talking about how dominating she was because she was dominating because of her her judo and submission game. But they were talking about when she shadow boxing in the gym. She she they, literally they were talking about Rousey versus Mayweather could be that fight after McGregor and so like that's and then she went into the Holly Home fight trying to uh, trying to strike with a, a female boxing Hall of Famer. So then Holly Holm head kicks her and less is history. But like, she honestly, if she would have stuck with that game plan her whole career, we might be talking like Nunes, Rousey, who's the GOAT? Like, like but she she did it. The, the, the people around her fucked her.
1: They are. Uh, okay, I appreciate that. But that was a nice segue. But back to Tabitha Richie and um, Gillian. I'm not going to lie to you. I saw I saw, it, I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. And I looked at Gillian and I said, I could never forget that red hair. And then you was talking about what she did last but I was like, oh, that makes sense. But I don't know, man. Tabitha Richie looks like she kind of smooth with it. She might have a thing or two that don't know what that Gilly really might not be ready for.
0: Is her dashing good looks kind of swaying you right now,
1: Kev? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm, a man of fighting.
0: <laughs> if this is a beauty contest, Richie be first in show right now.
1: I actually prefer prefer redheaded chicks and and doctor But like Dilly would be eating right now. But like Tap the Richie. There's just something about her that told me like like she might have eight and two. She might have something uh look, no, what that's a record right eight and two.
0: Eight and one. Eight and twelve and seven. But she's fought like all the big hitters and UFC women fighting.
1: Yeah, and she has fucking nine submissions out of motherfucking twelve wins, So like that's what I'm gonna fucking talk about. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I got the Richie in this one. This is the first time I think we started off um, at odds.
0: Yeah, at odds on both our fights. The next one I think we're going to come together on because it's both our guy. Randy Brown, rude boy, going up against Wellington Thurman, the prodigy. And Thurman, he was at middleweight before. He's moving down back to welterweight where he used to fight at. He wasn't doing too good hot at middleweight, so he's moving back to welterweight. But he was already kind of big at middleweight. So some people want to see how he looks, even though he's fought there before. We just want to see if he's able to get back down to it again. Randy Brown, we all know him. Long arm. Kind of he likes to strike from the outside. He's fun with it, real smooth with it. Kind of been that guy who climbs up to the top 20 status, never gets to the fights a guy who's arguably top 15 and then loses. And then kind of has to climb again. But he kind of he reminds me of like a Jamaican Kevin Holland that just hasn't really pieced it all together yet like Kevin Holland has. And that's why I always root for my boy in, in these fights. But Wellington Thurman, big guy. Plus 200 on the odds. Randy Brown, pretty big favorite. Minus minus two 230 here. Thurman's a lot, more of a grapple-heavy guy, and Randy Brown's more of a strike-from-the-outside kind of guy. So it's going to be who who can get their way. And who, who's going to win? I got my boy Randy Brown. So, no doubt.
1: Yeah, but there's no way I'm not taking Randy Brown. But, like, Randy Brown has some he, – like, he does he does lose to hitters. Like, he's lost to Baloo Muhammad. He lost to – And that's Sick old Baloo Muhammad. Just like,
0: that's Baloo Muhammad on, like, his 10-fight win streak, like, way back. He, he
1: fought – and then he just lost to Jack De- – oh, he lost to some dude named Nico Price. We got KO'd by Nico Price. But – um. And then he got submitted by, um, by Jack Dellum and then you know what I'm saying. J.D.M. Got,
0: and J.D.M. Like, got ranked in the top 15 after that win. So, that like, oh, that just solidifies. I to say he always is on that cusp of top 15. Just can never make it. Oh uh, yeah.
1: But, like, I'm expecting a good performance out of my dog. Like, he's back on his grind again. He's going to get it figured out. the same thing with Kevin Holland. Every, everybody knows it's always funny when you're winning. So he's gonna
0: figure it out. He just got stuck finding some hitters, man. Yeah, and at minus two thirty, I think it's a steal on the odds. Like, I think it should. I think it's because he's coming off a loss that is kind of having a sour taste in people's mouth. But JDM is, people are talking about he might hold the championship in the next two years. Like he's legit a heavy hitter. So like a loss to him doesn't doesn't really move me that much. Like. So I would take that two, that minus two thirty, and I'm gonna parlay it with the next fight that I'm gonna throw in here, and uh, parlay it with Neil Magny minus one seventy. He's gonna go up against Phil Rowe. Phil Rowe's coming off three straight wins, and like I think all three KOs. Let me go. Yeah, all three straight KOs. His one loss before that was to Gabe Green, who we saw Brian battle KO in like fourteen seconds a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah. But we don't have- he-
0: but he had. Yeah, he came in on Contender Series 2019 with a KO. Then a loss to Gabe Green and then followed up with three straight knockouts of his own, one over Nico Bryce, one over Jason Witt and Korski. And Neil Magny's kind of been – I mean, he's a vet. So at this point in his career, they they lined him up against Schopke, Rod Mignoff, beats him. Then he gets a submission win over Daniel Rodriguez, D-Rod. And then he loses first round submission to Gilbert Burns, our guy. So he that's his last three coming into it. But I I'm like I said, I'm parlaying Neil Magney money line with Randy Brown's money line, mainly just because I think it's just people are underestimating Neil Magney. Like Phil Rowe, this is a big step up for him, I think. Like Nico Price is good and all, but Neil Magny is a Swiss Army knife that you're gonna have to be ready to beat in certain aspects. And I don't know if Phil Rowe, because he has heavy hands, but Neil Magny's seen heavy hands. He knows how to keep the distance, and I think he's a vet that will show his veteran experience, and he's gonna win this fight on decision, or maybe even a submission if it hits the ground. Because I haven't seen Phil Rowe really tested on the ground, and Phil Rowe, in his last few fights, yeah, they're all knockouts. He was getting pieced up in a lot of those fights. Like it was a very, those are very close fights in some of them. So. Neil Magny, I just think, has the experience and is just a better overall fighter. And at minus 170, parlay that with Randy Brown, he probably gonna get, like, plus 130 odds. But that's what I'm riding with this weekend.
1: I like it. I like it. I, I like it. And if you like it, I love it. You know we rock with Neil. Neil 9 to 5 Magny. That's the name I got for, bro. Because he treats his UFC shit just like you go to work, another day on a job, another day in business. He just fought Gilbert Burns, like... That's the reason why he's coming off the It's Gilbert motherfucking Burns on it. And this was the beginning of the Gilbert Burns motherfucking fight fucking. The fight. Redemption tour. Yeah, like he read, this was the first one. Like, you feel me? So he's only pretty. He doesn't fear nobody. He He's taking a lot of fights. A lot of motherfuckers want to take. Shopcott, Gilbert Burns. Like, he's taking a lot of fights a lot of motherfuckers want to take. I respect him to the fullest motherfucking. We root for Neil 9 to 5 Magnum tonight for this one.
0: And then our next fight, like, I'm not always going in a row. I'm not skipping around here. Like, next fight, Brandon Allen versus Bruno Silva. Brandon Allen, we saw take care of business on um, – against Andre Munoz with a third-round submission where he wasn't supposed to be the main event. They got elevated to main event status because I can't remember who was the main event. It was, like, um, I think it was Krylov versus Span. And Krylov couldn't come, like he had an injury on fight night, or he was sick. So then that got canceled uh, during oh. the fights were going on. So then Allen gets moved up to main event against Munoz, takes care of Munoz, some subs him. Fight before that gets a first round submission over Jocko, sends Jocko to PFL, and then got another like his submission and ground game is what got him here. We know Brandon Allen, he will submit you. He's great on the ground. But his striking has just leveled up, I think, fight after fight. And we'll really see it tested here against Bruno Silva, who is a former, I don't know if it's, I, not double champ, but former M1 champion. And in the UFC, he has, what, one, two, three, four, five, six fights. And out of the six fights, four wins, all four by knockout. Very, very stand-up heavy, long arm, good striking base, coming off a KO win over uh, Brad Tavares. And I remember that was the Sergei Pavlovich Curtis blades card. And we broke that fight down. And I was saying he's coming off a loss and he looks like he's old. He is old and he might not care anymore. Like he's kind of one foot out the door. And then he followed that up. like basically telling me to shut the fuck up and knocked out Brad Tavares and look good as ever. Brandon <laughs> now good as ever in his last fight against the Muna. So like we're, we're getting the best of both of them in this fight. Brandon Allen minus one ninety, Bruno Silva plus one sixty. Semi close odds. Let me see how you feel, Kev.
1: Bruh, Brandon Allen is that fucking dude. That's what I've learned. That's what I learned a long time ago. Brandon Allen is that dude. There's no way I can root against him.
0: Yeah, I mean, just the you see fights where people level up, and like I've seen that right now. Like his striking, like we know him for a submission game, but his striking. Is has leveled up tremendously, and even though that Bruno Silva is the better striker, and I know he's Brazilian, Gerard Mearshart submitted him. Was it the first in the third round? And in that same fight, Gerard Mearshart was out striking him, and Muirchart is not a striker. So, like, I'm still holding that against Bruno Silva, and I think Brandon Allen is like Mearshart on steroids, way better striker, not as good a submission game, but still just as lethal. So. Rocking with the... I'm a shit. Might as well add that to the parlay. Make it a three-level Get it all three in a row. Bang, bang, bang. And then you have a little money to play with come main event time. Oh,
1: all right. Let's get into the motherfucking main event.
0: Oh, hold on. Before we get into main event, I just got to tell you. The next fight, David Onama, Gabriel Santos, oh, David Onama... Only no reason, like I want not care about this fight otherwise, but they're both prospects. And David Onama was like minus a thousand in his last few fights, like massive favorite, super prospect out of the Congo. And then he loses to Nate to Train Landier in a majority decision that we watched live together, with Romeo and Mac. And now he's a plus two hundred underdog against Gabriel Santos, Brazilian prospect, ten and one. Which to me, I just think it's kind of wild. Like Santos is a great all around finder. Onama's more of the power puncher. But like you go from minus a thousand, minus 500, minus 400 favorites to now being a plus 200 underdog in your very next fight. It's kind of wild.
1: No, that's wild. But that sounds like freaky bands. I wouldn't say add down to the parlay, but I would say probably go sprinkle a little bit on that.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, do you want to talk to the co-main event? Man Rivas, Macy Barber?
1: You going straight to the co-main? Hold on. I feel like it was one of the two fights I had.
0: There were Austin Lane versus Justin Taffa. That was the one in between these two.
1: Oh, oh, we already. Oh, my dumbass. I'm over here thinking that. um, I thought Brandon Allen was the last fight in um, main event. Yeah, let's talk about the um, co-main. Say it. Let's go, Coleman Main Macy the barber.
0: Yeah, Macy Barber, the future plus one seventy. Amanda Reba's minus two hundred. Both have fight top tier caliber opponents in this division at flyweight. Reba's formerly a strawweight fighter that moved up to flyweight and has looked good. oh no, my she fought Chaitlin Chagukian who and lost and looked bad. But Chukian was former strawweight moving up to flyweight, number one strawweight in the world. Might I add? So that's not a loss I'm a hold against Rebus. But Macy Barber, she's kind of like, you know, she's a boxer. She's going to throw strikes. She's going to be very calculated, not much in the ground. Rebus can hit the ground with you, but she also throws a lot of volume. So it should be, but she does get caught a lot. So it should be is her volume and ground game going to be enough? Or is her getting caught a lot going to open up the window for Macy Barber, who's a very good boxer, to just kind of catch her and pick her apart? That's my breakdown of the fight. Every
1: time I've seen Macy Barber, I feel like I've been impressed just a little bit. I could be lying. Maybe I'm all Maybe I got recency bias.
0: But... I mean, She's went off of four wins, all decision, two split decision, two unanimous. One over Jessica I. One over Miranda Maverick. One over Andre Lee, and one over Della Rosa. Decent mm. names. Some a little better than others, but she does have a loss to Alexa Grasso, where Grasso just kind of. Took her to the woodshed of boxing,
1: so I believe it. Yeah, I did watch her last two fights live. Yeah, I'm taking um, right. I'll take Macy Barber
0: on this one. I got to like rebus here just because of her volume. She throws a lot of volume, and she may get caught. But Macy Barber doesn't have a lot of power. Like all her fights go to decision. So like, yeah, you're gonna get caught, but does that really scare you?
1: No, nah, like, that's the action. And if you watched the main event last week, you understand. You, you, gotta, give some, you gotta give a motherfucker a reason to be scared. If not, they're gonna go crazy.
0: And then we go into our main event. This is a banger. Banger on base. Banger, banger, this card. Ooh. Josh Emmett, plus 260 against Ilya Toporia, minus 330. I'm gonna let you introduce, I'm gonna let you introduce these dogs.
1: Oh, see now it's time! Boy, the main event! Nah, this is a fucking banger. So Josh Emmett, coming off his interim title defeat against Yaya Rodriguez, and I'm on, and I'm still certain that Yaya Rodriguez was possessed that night. I don't think anybody. You could have put, you could have put everybody except Max in front of him that night, and he would have fucked him up. Like he would have fucked up everybody. That shit is crazy. Like. So, Josh Emmett losing a to Yair, you guys I don't even think that's a crazy L. He's still heavy-handed. He still has a great mindset and mentality. He's still an all-around big guy. <laughs> but he has to take on my dog. The motherfucking... Isn't he from France or something? The motherfucking...
0: I don't like. I can tell you one second.
1: The nigga... The, my motherfucking killer. I, Ilya... Fire emoji to Poria because that motherfucker's a hitter. He's you know, from Georgia. That's what it is. You know whatever Marvin is worth, motherfucker. And you, know, you know why I fuck when I realize why I fuck with Ilya Teporia so much. Why? This is the energy I have for Bryce Mitchell until he fought Ilya Teporia. So Ilya Teporia, in my mind, is the lineal ass whooping machine right now in UFC. Lineal. It it, it gets it gets handed to, handed on from one to the next. You feel me? So like, ah man. I think Josh I think Josh Emmett's gonna come in this bitch with a good game plan, but I think Ilya Taporia can just mix it up. His hands is gonna his hand games are gonna be crazy. And we've seen that if motherfucker Emmett gets to the floor, he can get tapped out. So like, it might be easy to tell who I got in this fight.
0: So I will admit that Taporia's ground game can be a little shaky, especially with how Yair submitted him coming off of that.
1: You mean Josh Emmett?
0: Yeah, Josh Emmett. But Taporia. I- this is a huge step-up fight. Like, Bryce Mitchell, I do know what he did to the uh, Korean zombie. I do know that. But also, I don't hold that Korean zombie. That Korean zombie is not the Korean zombie. That's that's not the same guy. But he definitely dominated Bryce Mitchell. But the both fights, the win over Bryce Mitchell and the knockout win over Jaya Herbert, he got caught. Bryce Mitchell caught him with a, a two-piece. Kind of stunned him. And that was in the first round. And then Jai Herbert, first round, caught him and almost sent Teporia to the shadow round. And Taporia came back in the second round and rocked him, dropped him, and got the knockout ended up winning that fight. But show me he can't get hit. And, like, Emmett's the one person at featherweight, you cannot get hit by. And that's... that's not- that's the one thing and then you got his collegiate wrestling in the back pocket of, of all times where like he can he i think he can stuff some takedowns and i just think he's also the more he he's built like he's just he's short stocky he's tree trunk legs he's built like if he if he sprawls and like you try to take i don't think you're getting a single or a double leg on him like your bjj might be good but you don't have to wrestle it you don't have the weight advantage and leverage and that's where i think this could get a little shaky and i think it's gonna be mostly a stand-up fight. And Tapori, I think, will be winning the exchanges, but there will be a couple moments where Emmett absolutely rocks his shit, and I'm rocking with Emmett here, mainly because if this is going to be a five round fight, I know Emmett in the fourth and fifth round can still land as hard as he did in the first round, and I've seen Tapori get caught by some of these lower level fighters, like Bryce Mitchell's a good name on the um, resume. Before that, Jaya Herbert will forever be a prelim fighter. Ryan Hall. His whole career, a prelim fighter. And he's always like, he's the guy that drops to the floor and starts scooting his buck towards you. Damon Jackson, sorry to say it, prelim fighter. Like, now you're going up against the guy who's coming off a loss for the interim belt. I love Taporia, but to me, this is way too almost Adrian Yanez versus Rob Font type of. You're getting that. You're about to see the next year of the UFC. Like we need people when when the college football players talk about the NFL and they're like, "Yeah, these boys are fast." That's gonna be Ilottapori, I think, after this fight, and he. I think he's it's gonna make him better because he's having things come not easy, but he's he's making it look good. And after this loss, I think he'll get that taste of the upper echelon, and he's gonna be like, "I just have to work on this and this, and I'm gonna beat them." But on Saturday night in Jacksonville, I think we'll see Taporia get his first loss. And I'm rocking with Emmett.
1: Yeah, I can respect that, especially with the five-round fight, the the fact it's a five-round fight factor. But this is where I want to see Taporia's IQ. I want to see – because I feel like you're right. I think he is going to get rocked. And I think the the round he gets rocked, he's going to lose that round. But I don't think he gets finished. And I don't think he... um. And now it comes down to, like, are you going to adapt? Are you going to slow down? Are you not going to leave this open? Like, please don't you dare do it, Kamar Usman and to start putting your head all the way this way. Like, what do you... I want to see how he responds to that. And that's why this fight is so interesting to me. Because Josh Emmett is a huge step-up fight for him. So if he's able to really handle this business, you can't say shit to him later. But, like, damn. This is a fight I'm looking forward to.
0: So, like... Calvin Cater, we were saying outside of Max, he's the best boxer in the division. Those are moments where Cater, that's a similar fight, where Cater was winning, I think, most of the exchanges, but it was just like who was doing the most damage in those rounds. And it was like Emmett was kind of doing the most damage. And then Shane Burgos, he knocked Shane Burgos down twice. Very good stand-up fighter, long range, good with it, very fluid. So I don't, like, I think Taporia has higher ceilings to him, but... I think Emmett. I think Emmett pulling it out. Is it? But it's gonna be like I said. This is stacked card. Like a lot of these fights, these are not definitive picks. Other than that three man parlay I put together. Uh, but other than that, Kevin, you got anything else on the card before we head out?
1: Man, shout out anybody that wanted to go see that card in Jacksonville. That's a vibe. Check out the St. John's Town Center. They have like fucking sixteen Zachary's in that bitch. There's always something to do in Jacksonville. Just don't leave anything. Don't leave money in the car.
0: Facts. <laughs> <laughs> And Jacksonville Beach is not a real beach. Does I say that? Yeah.
1: That's you're funny as fuck. But hey, man, I don't. If you didn't know, I really don't mind telling your ass again that this has been the Totally best Podcast. You feel me? My name is Kevin Waterboy Savoy. I'm in this bitch with Paul Pick and him concert. We just broke down. You know, we just gave you our previews and picks at um UFC Jacksonville, and we don't mind reminding your ass that we're gonna keep coming with it. Make sure you checked out the recap from last from last card And make sure you're checking out all the boxing episodes. And football is coming back. Just wait on it. And yeah. but one more thing before we go, I gotta make sure that you know that you is a bit